1: In the meantime, though, we're going to be talking quite a bit about tax reform, and uh, specifically now looking at the governor's reaction to it. Governor Andrew Cuomo having quite a few remarks about that in the past 24 hours after the Senate passed the bill late Friday night. Ken Lovett is with us still from the New York Daily News. He is their Albany Bureau chief. Ken, thanks for sticking around. Before we launch into uh, your analysis of what he said, let's take just a quick minute now here to hear what the governor said.
2: This is old-style conservative trickle-down theory. Cut the taxes for the rich, cut the taxes for the rich corporations, they'll spend money and the benefits will trickle down to the rest of us. That's exactly what they did. They stayed up through the night to pass the Help the Rich People tax plan. To add insult to injury, there are then special provisions that are Assault aimed at the economic heart of New York, California, and other, frankly, democratic states, which is the elimination of state and local tax deductibility. Now, it's complicated, those words, so people haven't focused on it. What it means is you pay state tax, you pay property tax. Right now, you deduct that from your federal income tax they would eliminate it. So their plan actually taxes the taxes that New York families pay. This from the party that says they want to reduce taxation. And they're actually coming up with the first double taxation in history. And it's aimed at Democratic states. So that takes a tremendous toll on the state of New York. Uh, New York they're using as a piggy bank to finance the tax cuts in other states in the Midwest uh, and in the South. That's exactly what they're doing. They're against redistribution, they say. Democrats, they say, like redistribution, take from the rich, give to the middle class and the working families. This is redistribution on steroids. They're taking from rich states like New York and California, and they're subsidizing tax cuts in the poorer states. It is the ultimate hypocrisy. The ultimate hypocrisy and the ultimate fraud.
1: Ken Lovett from the New York Daily News. Read between the lines. What is he saying there for you?
2: Well, um, obviously, what he's
0: saying is what he's been saying. It's going to hurt New York, uh, in particular, you know, um, the argument that it'll help, it'll only impact the rich, he argues, is uh, not sincere. He argues that people will leave New York, millionaires can leave New York, which will put the burden on the middle class. He's gone after politically uh, the four House Republicans who voted for the House bill, including uh, Chris Collins from the uh, Buffalo area, Tom Reed, Claudia Tenney, and John Katko from Syracuse. And it's also a good issue for him if he has national aspirations.
1: Does it affect his budget, though? The the inability to deduct these taxes may hit the individual who's not deducting them anymore, but is there a a practical consideration for the state of New York?
0: If, if millionaires leave the state of New York, that's less money that the state will be taking in in revenue, so yeah, it could impact new york, but uh, you know it, it, whether it would be this particular budget uh, that that remains to be seen uh,
1: Some people on our text line are raising the issue here that it it puts him in a tough position because while he 's saying i am I Andrew Cuomo and for the middle class he 's also kind of having to defend those millionaires. That would move out of state. Is is he in a bind in that regard?
0: I don't think so because he's he's trying to pitch it in a way that says you know and, and the Republicans have hit him on that you know oh you're 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 putting the rich and your rich donors over the uh, over the uh, middle class which is ironic and his his argument back is this could ultimately impact the middle class because again if people leave uh, the burden will fall on the middle class and and the lower income earners to uh, make up for it. Uh, although the lower-income earners don't really pay uh, income tax. Look, it's a, it's a political issue. The governor's argument has been for years. Republicans have said, "Don't in New York, don't raise taxes on the wealthy. You'll drive them out. And now they're doing just that, raising taxes on the wealthy. So it's kind of got everybody flipping the script, so to speak, that we've heard for all these years.
1: To what degree are the Republicans able to use this as a cudgel to say, hey, there are some states that are really taxing people a lot, and this is co- sort of the, the way to beat them down in, in into submission, or at least uh, get them more in line with what they would like to see nationwide, which is obviously the conservative argument of lower taxes.
0: Look, if you're Chris Collins and you're Tom Reed, that's exactly the argument you're making. You're saying New York has had, out of you know, their argument is New York has had out-of-control spending for... Decades and decades, and maybe this will force New York to look at how it does business. Why, why is New York's Medicaid cost so much higher than those in California and Texas combined? Why does New York spend on the programs it does economic development-wise uh, for Hollywood you know, tax credits and, other, and things like Startup New York that people say don't work? So that is their argument, and in their districts it may very well work, because a lot of the millionaires aren't there. So people, you know, might buy that. The governor and the Democrats are going to use it, that these guys are traitors. That's the word the governor has used. They voted against the interests of their own state. Um, I think, you know, the governor has made it clear that he is going to use these issues. He said he's going to go after at least half a dozen House Republicans next year to try and flip the House. And this, I bet, will be issue number one for them.
1: And yet he hasn't taken the bait and in any way really admitted, yes, that this is a problem for New York, because New York is, yes, a high-tax state.
0: No, he has. He has said that before.
1: Really? Okay, I, I, I missed that. Tell me what he said.
0: does have high taxes. Uh, his argument is that you know, New Yorkers pay lower taxes state-wise uh, uh, than they did before he took office. He argues that... The 2% uh, uh, cap on property tax increases has made a difference. So, he, you know, his argument is we are doing things to try and control this stuff, uh, including lowering middle class taxes, including lowering business taxes, but uh, this will decimate the progress we've made.
1: All right. Great, interesting stuff. Ken Lovett, thanks for joining us today.
0: Anytime. Be well.
1: That's Ken Lovett, the Albany Bureau Chief for the New York Daily News. Now, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into all of this uh, tax reform stuff with the CPA. Dave Barrett. Dave Barrett is with us now. He's a CPA. He's director of Freed Maxx Tax Practice and with us uh, graciously on the line from uh, parts unknown, uh, different part of the state. You're not around here, but you agreed on a Sunday morning to uh, come in and, and chat with us. So I'm awfully glad you're here, Dave. Thanks for joining us.
3: Glad to be here, Dave. Yeah, you caught me traveling without my computer, but
1: uh, we'll, we'll okay. On. Well, I've got three different screens open, so if there's anything we need to look up, we can we can uh, we can work together here. In general, though, I wanted to start the discussion pretty much where we left off at the last segment. Governor Cuomo speaking really harshly about the reduced deduction involving state and local taxes. My understanding right now, according to the Senate bill, it uh, mirrors what the House did, does and basically says uh, that that. Uh, you're allowed to write off $10,000 in property tax deductions uh, for state and local taxes. Original earlier plans would have eliminated all of it, but both the House and the Senate now aligned uh, with that $10,000. Break it down for me. What does that mean in New York State? Because they're doing it at the same time that they're bumping up the standardized deduction. So overall... Middle-class person, uh, median income in New York State, 71000 So let's use that kind of as an example. Middle-class person, family income, $71,000. Uh, what does this do to them, especially in regard to the state and local tax deduction that changes?
3: Right. So without getting political about it, I, I think the governor's statement is a little bit extreme, uh, $10,000. Uh, although I don't have any hard statistics in front of me, I'm guessing $10,000 is pretty much going to cover most people in Western New York in terms of their property taxes and their deductibility. And you're right, the, uh, the, uh, loss of the income tax deduction is somewhat uh, offset by the doubling of the standard deduction. Again, most people in uh, Western New York are not itemizing their deductions to begin with. Even with full income tax and property tax deductions, so uh, I think it's a a little bit extreme. The, The other tempering factor is the for middle and many middle and upper income taxpayers, they are paying, in my experience, what's known as the alternative minimum tax. Right. Which, which, as the name suggests, is a second method of calculating your income taxes. You do it the regular way then you calculate it under, under the alternative minimum tax regime. Whatever produces the higher result is the one you pay. When you calculate the AMT, the alternative tax, you don't get the benefit of the state tax deduction. So so many of the clients that I work with aren't, aren't benefiting from their state and local tax deduction anyways.
1: All right. Now, you also lo- work with a lot of clients that are small businesses and maybe even larger ones. What kind of impact do you see for them?
3: Well... This, uh, although this may not be the most interesting topic for your listeners, the big news. Ah, let's
1: bore them. I'd rather be deep and boring. Let's go. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> the 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 big news really in the tax uh, legislation uh, are the changes on the corporate side. The reduction of the maximum corporate rate from thirty five to twenty is is very substantial. Uh, liberalized uh, expensing rules going forward for asset purchases, uh, changes to the way that uh, pass-through entities are going to be taxed. You know, m- most of the businesses on the S&P 500 are regular corporations. They'll benefit from the 20% rate. Most businesses, period, are, are family-owned or closely-owned businesses that currently operate in pass-through format, which means that their profits or losses end up on the individual returns of their owners. And so the individual rates are going to be significantly higher than corporate rates if corporate rates go down to 20. And so there there needed to be a mechanism to uh, get some benefit over to those entities that are operating as pass-through entities. And, again, that is most business today.
1: I know you said you don't want to be political, but does the fact that you just said the most significant changes are on the corporate side does that help or hurt those who say uh, it's all for the corporate entities; it's not for the middle class.
3: Uh, you know, you you can comment that a couple different ways. Uh, the uh, the S and P five hundred companies that are going to benefit from this are owned not by by families necessarily but they're owned by my 401k your 401k to the extent that their value is enhanced by paying less corporate income tax and that's what's going to happen it's already happened uh, in anticipation of the changes uh you know folks who are saving for retirement in these kind of vehicles are going to benefit from that
1: so trickle down you're saying is more than just companies maybe raising employees' wages or investing in the local plant, the local factory, whatever, trickle-down, to your mind, includes uh, a better return on my 401k. I, I,
3: I, that's really trickling it down, but I think that's going to happen. I think it'll be interesting to watch what happens with market valuations on Monday after all this.
1: Talk a little bit about time frame here. Those who have argued that this does not help the middle class enough, look at a 10-year time frame. And some of the benefits that are on the table with both the House and the Senate expire after a couple of years. So if you look long-term, 10 years, yeah, the middle class might be paying more taxes. If you look at it in a smaller slice of one year, that's maybe less the case. Tell me more.
3: So I've been at this now for over 40 years. I would tell you that to try to predict what the tax law and economy looks like 10 years from now is – is you're, you're on a very slippery slope. I think you know there'll be another presidential election. There could be a new administration. Who knows what what uh, what ten years out is going to look like? I think you got to deal with what's in front of you now, and position yourself as best as possible. And you know, understand that uh, this is not over yet. Okay, there are significant differences, uh, at least seven or eight that I've identified. That still need to be reconciled through a joint, uh, congressional committee, uh, procedure known as conference, uh, between the House and Senate bill. And so some of these things, uh, are are not yet, uh, set. And some of them, uh, you know, they're going to need to either choose one of the versions, the House or the Senate, or they're going to need to reach a compromise, or they may fool around with effective dates. But, uh, this has still got a, a process to go through, uh, on, uh, eight, nine significant items that are not yet set set in stone by any means.
1: Do any of those eight or nine change the scorecard? Uh, again, I, I hate to put it in the political context, but you always hear people debating, oh, this is great for corporations, it's going to hurt the little guy. Or no, uh, someone like Chris Collins says 90% of Erie County taxpayers will see some sort of benefit from this. Uh, do any of the things that are still pending Change which one of those statements becomes the valid uh, hypothesis?
3: Yeah, I, I think that you know everybody has their own individual tax properties, so so the impact of this will be very fact specific. But I just think, you know to give you an example of some of the what I view as the significant items that are not yet uh, resolved, uh, the Affordable Care Act mandate is. Uh, re- is is kept in the House version,
1: but repealed by the Senate right
3: in the Senate um, the uh, well for for some of the one percenters out there the the status of the estate tax, which affects very, very few uh, tax filers less than well under one percent. but those that it does affect it's a big deal and the Senate version would uh, would simply increase the exemption that exists now. Whereas the House version would completely repeal the estate tax. If you're one of the few folks that are impacted by that, and, and I work with some of those folks,
0: that's huge.
1: And I imagine, too, as they tinker on things like that, okay, let's say we decide to eliminate the estate tax. Then if they're wanting to be revenue neutral, the, they would have to change a whole bunch of other things, too, no? Uh, well. Or do we just look at uh, adding on to the deficit?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, there could be some some horse trading like that. Uh, uh, You know, one that uh, has much broader impact, and I I alluded to it earlier, is the alternative minimum tax. The House version of the bill would repeal the AMT, whereas uh, the Senate keeps it, and that affects a lot of folks.
1: Dave Barrett is with us. He's a CPA with Freed Maxick. He's one of the directors of their tax practice. If you'd like to uh, chime in and ask a question or two, we'd love to have you aboard. We have about uh, 10 or 11 more minutes to do that. 803-0930 is the number. Dave, before we take our break and then move on to those phone calls, can you bottom line it for me? Uh, is the average person, and again, I guess I use average uh, based on family uh, median income in New York State, 71000 Is the average guy going to benefit from this? be hurt by this or do we just not know yet
3: yeah I don't think we know yet I've run some scenarios just just a couple on my own and I am coming up with tax reduction but again as I suggested earlier everybody's got their own circumstances I'll tell you who may get uh, who may experience a problem with this and this is kind of like the the dirty little secret that hasn't been highly publicized but the loss of the personal exemption if you've got you know three four kids in a middle income family, and you're losing personal exemptions for those kids at four thousand dollars a clip, that could more than offset the increase in the standard deduction. So so that could be a negative scenario.
1: Explain that to me again. What's going away there?
3: So so along with your standard deduction,
1: the standard goes up to uh, twenty four. What's that? I'm sorry,
3: twenty four thousand for a married couple if i've got my number right okay but personal exemptions are going to be repealed so if that married couple has uh you know three three kids uh and they're then those exemptions currently are worth a little over four thousand dollars each uh their increase in the standard deduction is
1: Uh, yeah 12 versus 10 a two thousand dollar loss theoretically Okay. When we come back from our break, we'll take a couple of phone calls and, and try to get more specific examples on the table. What would this mean to you? We're going to try and sort it out with Dave Barrett. He's a CPA with Freed Maxick. More to come. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. This is Dave Debo. CPA Dave Barrett is here from Freed Maxick. He's one of the directors of their tax practice. We are talking about tax reform. What do the changes mean to you? What will it mean to the middle class? What will it mean to the high earners? He seems, and Dave, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but for the sake of recap, you seem to be saying that there are some benefits for the middle class, depending on individual circumstances, but you do see some benefits there for the corporate interests or the higher earners. Have I summarized it correctly? Uh,
3: Exactly, yes, yes.
1: All right. Then with that, let's launch into some phone calls and get even more specific examples, see how it affects you. Ron in Williamsville, you're up now. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Dave and Dave. How are you guys today?
1: Great. Glad you're here.
4: Thank you. I just wanted to uh, say that... um, I think there's going to be negative impact on a lot more taxpayers, and some may realize I'm um, 72, I'm retired, Um, my income is just around $100,000 a year, but uh, my itemized deductions are over $30,000 because of property taxes and state income tax, and losing these uh, deductions is going to cost me thousands of dollars
1: all right dave jump in
4: well yeah i i you know it's possible uh understand
3: that the rates that will apply to your taxable income are scheduled to be lower again that's one of the not totally resolved issues but for the most part they would be
4: lower and
3: uh yeah you'll need to run the numbers and
4: oh i have run them uh dave and in losing um itemized deductions and replacing them with uh, $12,000 for a single payer minus the personal exemption, I mean, that takes it down to $8,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a killer, and I'll likely uh, need to sell property and uh, move out of the state.
1: All right. Now, tell me specifically again where your losses are coming from. What is it doing to you?
4: Well, I'm losing itemized deductions for property taxes, and likely for state income tax, mm. um, property tax is over the ten thousand threshold. Oh, it's it's like twenty one thousand. Mm hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you've got a combination of uh, scenarios there that uh, you know there, there are. I hate to use the term winners and losers, but there there are folks that will be advantaged by this and and disadvantaged, and that is the case with really every tax
1: change is it possible dave to say uh overall how many outliers there are is 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 he an outlier or is is he just uh as you said sort of a spin of the wheel kind of guy some people will lose some will win
3: yeah no i i i would be speculating to say it's an outlier i think uh uh i think there'll be a combination of both scenarios
1: all right john and rochester quickly you're up now hi
3: hey dave hey dave Dave, you were right, uh, PolitiFacts, uh, debunked Senator Humer's, Governor Cuomo, and, uh, Brian Higgins' opinion of the tax bill. They basically call them false. They're, uh, um Their uh, opposition was false. So anyways, my question is, Subchapter S Corporation, how is that going to be affected? Is is Subchapter S Corporation going to get benefit out of this?
1: All right, Dave, quickly, before we uh, explain what happens to them, explain what it is.
3: Right, so Subchapter S Corporation is one of the pass-through entity businesses that I mentioned earlier, typically used in family-owned or closely-owned scenarios. Very, very common way of, of operating business right now. The results of uh, the income or loss of an S corporation flow right through to the 1040, the individual tax return of of its owners, and are taxed accordingly. Rates for individuals will be higher than than regular corporations at this point, so so there needs to be a mechanism to sort of balance that out. And uh, again, there's disagreement. There's not complete agreement between the House and Senate versions, but they will both allow some portion of the flow-through income. To be taxed at a reduced rate, 25% in the case of, I believe, it's the House bill, uh, and and a and a deduction, of, a full out deduction of about 23% in the case of the Senate bill that would escape tax. So those will have the effect of of bringing the effective tax rate on flow through income from S corporations closer to what you know, General Motors tax rate will be.
1: All right. We have about a minute left, maybe a little bit longer than that. Tell me, as you watch all the analysis and hear all the discussion about this on TV, uh, is there anything that makes you yell at the radio or yell at the television? Is there one really big falsehood out there that you need to correct?
3: Well, I think, I think what I mentioned earlier, the, the state and local tax deduction, I think, is, is overdone. Uh, I, I think that uh, the effect of that will not be as dramatic as, as uh, some of the reports are saying. And, I, and I, again, as I said earlier, I think the loss of the personal exemption uh, has been very under-publicized and uh, will have a, uh, a negative impact on a lot of families.
1: And the overall uh, generalization, good for the middle class, bad for the middle class?
3: I I think it will be I you know again this is my speculation but when the numbers come down I think it'll be slightly better for the middle class but we'll we'll need to let that play out ask me on April 15th and I'll have a better feel for it I guess uh, uh,
1: all right it's a date on everybody's calendar but I'll uh, put that specific note and we'll have you on again dave thanks uh, so much for uh, for joining us good stuff this morning
3: all right very good
1: glad glad you could be here that's dave barrett CPA with freed maxic